The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To his majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ Amen. You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today for this study, this broadcast. I'm going to begin reading for you in Matthew, the 25th chapter. Now, I know there is contention among prophecy studiers. Is this the coming of Jesus in the clouds of glory? They say it's not the secret rapture. Now, I'm going to tell you very frankly, I cannot find the secret rapture in the scriptures. I simply don't find it. Now, you can take passages of Scripture and you can hammer them together and you can you can say this means that and that means this, but who says? Does the context of the passage say that? I am so sick of pseudo-intellectualism in the pursuit of God. I'm tired of, of men and women saying this means that. Well, how do we know that? All of my life, I've been struggling to escape what I was taught in seminary and what I've been taught through the years. I've been a pastor now for, I'm pushing 60 years of being an active, an active preacher and pastor of the gospel. I've read the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation, well, when I got to 50 times through, I finally stopped counting, and I just continued reading. I suspect I've read the scriptures through from Genesis to Revelation more than a 100 times. Why? Because I don't want what man says about how to get to heaven. I want to know what the Word of God says. And I'm going to take it for what it says, and I'm going to deal with it as honestly as I can deal with it. Now, if you're listening to a pastor who insists that the King James Version is the only Bible that you should read, he's seriously mistaken. When the King James Bible was first published, those who 
were loyal to the Geneva Bible, said the King James Bible was a corrupt version. This has always been the story. But men find favorite places, and they declare they have the truth, and then they add to the scripture their own meanings, and they become worshipers of certain versions. The Bible that Jesus used in his day was not a very accurate translation, frankly. I trust the Holy Spirit to guide our hearts. And I'm going to share some things with you today just out of the scripture that I think will astonish you. We are on a timeline, a countdown to eternity. Everything that you see happening in the world today is not by accident. Everything is, in fact, planned by Jesus Christ. And it is planned by the devil. But the Lord Jesus has the ultimate say and rule over anything that's going to occur. Yes, the beast power is going to fully arise, and the mark of the beast will be demanded but Jesus is in charge. I shared with you yesterday the opening in the book of Revelation from, let's see, we began in Revelation, the, the uh, fourth chapter, and we read through. But listen to this. The context of this is Jesus in Matthew 24 talking about the day and the hour that no man knows except the Father. But just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be even at the coming of the Son of Man. For as as they were in the days before the flood, eating and drinking, marrying, giving and marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark and they knew not until the flood came and swept away every person, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. The context of this passage in the 25th chapter of Matthew is very directly the coming of Jesus Christ to redeem his people. That's the context then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins who were taking their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. We know that Jesus is the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and the five were foolish. They who were foolish, having taken their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their containers with their lamps. And now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all became drowsy and were sleeping. And in the middle of the night, a cry has come, Look, the bridegroom is coming. You must go out and meet him. Then all those virgins were awakened and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Please give us out of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, we may not have enough for us and for you, but instead 
you must go to the one selling that you may buy for yourselves. But while going away to buy for them, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the wedding celebration, and the door was shut. And later the other virgins also came, saying, Master, Master, please open to us. But having answered, he said, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. So you must watch, because you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. It's a parable, and the parable has one primary point. And that point is that when Jesus Christ comes in glory, there will be those who call themselves Christians who have not made adequate preparation to enter into the kingdom of God. They have no intimate relationship with Jesus. Oh, they know the facts. They've heard the teaching. But they never entered in. I was just wondering last night about the ark that Noah built. I'm wondering if there were Families who said, you know what, we probably should go get on that ark. And other family members said, oh, are you kidding me? Stop. It's all foolishness. Nothing's going to happen. You don't need to get on that ark. Can you imagine being on that ark with all those dirty animals and the stench of their manure? No, no, no. Come on, let's go party. Let's go see a game. Let's go do something. We don't want to be in that deal. And the door was shut, and they could not enter. I wonder if there were some little boys and girls who said, Mommy, Daddy, I'd like to go in with the elephant. I'd like to go in the ark. I don't want to, I don't want to die in a flood. No, child, behave yourself. We're not going to go on that ark. Well, you know what the ark is. Jesus Christ is the ark. Jesus, our Lord, is the ark. He's the place of safety. And so, as I share this information today, and it will be startling, as I share this with you, are you ready to enter into the ark? Or have you been distracted? Have your emotions Take in charge of your heart. Are you ready to enter in to the kingdom of Jesus Christ with your whole heart and serve him and belong to him? Or do you still have one foot over here in the entertainment of the world and one foot you hope is over here as you wait for the bridegroom to come? What is your heart condition today? Are you ready for Jesus? Now, these seals, there are four of them, four horses of the apocalypse, as the four horses go galloping out over the earth. And these four horses of the apocalypse, it seems to me, and I'll I'll share with you why, it seems to me these four horses are the preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ to redeem his people from the earth. Now, he's going to come again at the very end. He's going to come riding on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. 
and all of the saints are going to come riding with him. And this is, this is not coming to save his people. This is coming to bring vengeance upon the earth and judgment for wickedness. So I want to talk today about, okay, what's the context in Scripture for the coming of Jesus Christ? When is Jesus going to come? Now, we can't set dates, but we can see that the fig tree is getting green leaves, and it's budding out. And we're warned by Jesus that when we see that, his coming is very close. I know Jesus is coming. He is very close, much closer than you would expect. Don't be distracted, but keep your focus if you expect to be saved in the end. And not turned aside like the five foolish virgins who called themselves followers of Jesus, who went out to meet the bridegroom, but had no oil with them that would light the way for the bridegroom. And so we come to the third seal. This is Revelation, the sixth chapter. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living being saying, you must come and you must look and behold a black horse and the one sitting upon him having a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living beings saying, a quart of wheat for a day's pay and three quarts of barley for a day's pay. But do not damage the olive tree or olive orchard or the vineyards. In other words, leave the elites alone. Leave the Bill Gates alone. But for the middle class and for the poor, you work all day for enough food to feed one man. Whether it be a quart of wheat, or three quarts of barley. Three quarts of barley equal the nutrition value of one quart of wheat. And then the whole family has to be provided for. So people are going to be hungry. Right now, we see a dramatic drop occurring in investments. We see a repo order going out for many cars. When the stimulus money was sent out by the government, the charts show that many use that stimulus money to rush out and put it down on a new car. Many of their car payments averaged over $700 per car. And now that times are getting difficult, they can't cover their mortgage or their rent and food, and clothing, and cover the cost of the car. And so repo orders are going out. Our economy is contracting faster than it ever has in American history. We are seeing a total crash coming. Bloomberg reports that, as do many other mainstream outlets. They say, brace yourself. Put aside food and water. This is not a preacher saying this. This is the government saying it. This is mainstream media saying this. Acknowledging that we're in trouble. Inflation is 
screaming higher, and we haven't even begun yet to see where inflation is going to go. This is the third seal. The belief was people are going to have to be hungry. The New World Order is saying people are going to have to be hungry and we're going to have to control the food in order to make people submit to the One World Government. Okay, the third seal is now opening. Let's go to the fourth seal. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being saying, you must come and you must look and behold a pale horse. The one sitting on him, the name for him is death and Hades was following with him. And authority was given to him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the beasts of the earth. So, as this famine grows, those who are saying, Oh, don't worry. America is going into a time of great prosperity and everything is going to be restored. Donald Trump is going to be restored to office. And everything is going to be wonderful again, and we can continue living our wonderful American lives. Do not believe it. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says the first seal is opened, and the one world government begins to be formed in actuality in the League of Nations and then in the United Nations. The second seal is opened, and the red horse comes, and war breaks out all over the world, and large numbers of people die. That was the story of the 20th century. People were murdered by their own governments, by the millions. Many more people have died at the hands of their own government than in any other way. It's terrifying to even consider what's happening. The third seal, famine is coming. So far, we're right on track. The third seal, famine is coming. And it's coming like a mighty storm with a financial reset where your fiat currency, that is dollar bills that are not backed by anything but debt, that economy is going to be destroyed and a whole new financial system is going to be instituted in America. Some say it will be a digital economy. That fits with other portions of scripture that talk about you not being able to buy or sell except if you receive the mark of the beast, if you swear allegiance to the, to the Antichrist, to the beast system. But now this fourth seal, and by the way, this is the final the final horse of the apocalypse. In other words, this is where the final preparation is made for the coming of Jesus Christ. 
not as a secret rapture. But as Jesus said in Matthew 24, his coming will be seen everywhere from one end to the other like lightning striking. It'll be purely visible to every human person on the earth. How is that possible? I have no idea. I just know that's what the the scriptures say, and I believe the scriptures. When he opened the fourth seal, a pale horse, a horse of death, and riding on it was death with Hades following behind him, and authority was given to him over a fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, with famine, with death, with beasts of the earth. This is a time that is going to be filled with great conflict and chaos and persecution, riots and wars. People are going to be dying on the left hand and the right. This is going to be a horrific time of persecution against the Christians. We will be scapegoated by the one world government as it emerges more and more powerfully in the world. We already see that happening. Do you see what's happening to our children as they're groomed to be sexually unclean? Do you see what's happening to the children as they're being raped and murdered? and offered as sacrifices to the devil. Do you see what's happening with drag queen shows at the taco house? Do you see what's happening as major corporations in America get behind the the pride? you see what's happening in this world with war and crime and We're entering into a time of death and destruction and persecution, Christian. Are you ready? This morning, as my wife and I were sitting, worshiping the Lord and praising his name, we both began to confess, Lord, you can take all of our money. You can take our house. You can take our car. You can take our furniture. You can take everything we have. For we are going to go with you all the way through this coming horror that is coming upon the earth. We are going to trust you. And if we die, we die in victory in Jesus Christ. This is going to be a time like has never been on the face of the earth before. It will be as in the days of Noah. I believe we're going to see aliens that are truly demonic powers. We're going to see things that we've never imagined seeing in America. And it will be a time of great violence and terror. And you best be hidden in Jesus as this comes, because it's coming upon us right now like a freight train. A storm is upon us now called famine, but it's going to grow much, much, much worse. I don't say this to scare you. I say this to say, get in the ark quickly. Get in the ark Now, what is an ark? 
Well, Noah's Ark had no ability for propulsion. There was no motor. There were no sails. It also had no rudder. When you get into the ark of Jesus Christ, you are not the one who moves him where you want him to be. When you get into Jesus Christ, he will say what the rules are and where we go, how and when and why. And if that be to a martyrdom, so be it. If that be to victory as he comes in the clouds of glory, thank you, Jesus. But we both pledged again this morning that no matter what happens, we're going to be in the ark of Jesus Christ. Now, let me read for you the fifth seal. Now, what's so vital for you to understand is that there's no horse of the apocalypse on the fifth seal. The fifth seal is talking about what's going on in heaven as these seals have been opened and this catastrophic death and persecution have taken place on the earth that all of us are going to go through. There is no escaping. There is no secret rapture that's going to whip you out of here. You better prepare for suffering and persecution and death with Jesus Christ as your only hope. He is the ark. I've said before, he is the storm and he is he is the safety from the storm. Verse 9 of chapter 6. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of the ones having been killed because of the word of God and because of the testimony of the Lamb that they were keeping. What I want to say to you is that you may be one of those souls under the altar in the tabernacle of heaven, saying, How long, O God? Because you may suffer and die in what is now breaking upon America and the world. They cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Master, the holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood from the ones dwelling on the earth? And a white robe was given to each one of them, and it was said to them, and they should still remain quiet for a time until both their fellow servants and their brethren and the ones about to be killed, even as they were, may be fulfilled. In other words, this this massacre of Christians is not finished yet. This is a time of great suffering and testing. Now, where do you want to be during that time of suffering and testing? I'll tell you where I want to be. I want to be proclaiming the word of Jesus Christ. I want to be living a clean and pure life. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And like the apostles, if necessary, to even lay down my life by the grace of Jesus. Now he's going to open the sixth seal. See, the fifth seal only deals with what's going on in heaven. Now the sixth seal is going to open, and I want you to see again 
that there is no horse of the apocalypse. This time, it is Jesus himself who is coming. I saw when he opened the sixth seal, and a violent shaking happened, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the entire moon became as blood, and the stars of the heavens fell to earth like a fig tree, dropping its late figs, being shaken by a mighty wind, and the heavens were split apart. Go back and read the 24th chapter of Matthew. You'll find these are joined together. They're speaking about the same thing. It's Jesus who is speaking. And the heavens were split apart like a scroll being rolled up in every mountain and island. They were shaken out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the military leaders and the rich men and the mighty men and every servant and free man hid themselves in the caves. In fact, they're saying to the mountains and to the rocks, fall upon us and hide us from the face of the one sitting upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? This is Jesus' second coming, not as a secret rapture. This is Jesus' coming in the opening of the sixth seal of Revelation, in Revelation, the sixth chapter. Now, how do I know that? Because I've simply followed step by step as John the Revelator lays down step by step sequentially what is going to happen. Now, he turns his view from this second coming in chapter 7. And after this, after what? After Jesus has come in power and glory. After Jesus has come in his wrath to deliver his bride, to deliver his people. Now, after this, I saw four angels having stood upon the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that the wind might not blow upon the earth, neither on the sea nor upon any tree. And I saw another angel coming up from the river, from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to them to damage the earth and the seal, saying, Do not damage the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, until the time we may seal the servants of our God on their foreheads. So there is a sealing now that is to take place, and it is to take place among the Jewish people, 12,000 from each tribe, 144,000 Jewish people are to be sealed. And from here on, through the rest of the book of Revelation, on the earth, until the final end, the church is not spoken of. Why? Because God's people, the church, those who love and follow and obey Jesus Christ, have been taken off the earth. Now let me share how I know that. After these things, what things? After the the sealing of the Jewish people, after the after the sixth seal, where Jesus comes in mighty power, 
and every eye sees him. But he does not touch the earth. Instead, we rise into the air and meet the Lord in the air. Now, after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no man was able to count from among every nation, tribes, and peoples, and tongues, having stood before the throne and before the Lamb, having been clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and they kept crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, the one sitting on the throne, and to the Lamb. We know that this is not referring to those who were martyred because their souls are already in heaven. Now, these are the people on the earth, the saints of God, who have not been martyred, that Jesus has come to rescue before the full wrath of God begins to be poured out upon the earth. Salvation to our God, the one sitting on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels had stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living beings, and they fell down before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. The blessing and the glory and the wisdom and the thanksgiving and the honor and the power and the might are to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one from among the elders answered, saying to me, These the ones having been clothed with the white robes, who were they, and from where did they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. And they washed their robes and made them white by means of the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and the one sitting on the throne will dwell among them. They will not hunger again, neither will they thirst, neither may the sun ever beat down on them, nor any heat at all. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne cares for them and leads them to fountains of water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jesus is going to come. And I'm not saying this is what people have referred to as the seven-year tribulation. I'm not saying that. I'm simply telling you exactly what John the Revelator has given to us as he's looked at the earth and as he's looked at heaven and what he has been told, I will stand on the word of God that there is no secret rapture, that Jesus is going to come before the great tribulation on the beast. The wrath of God is not destined for man, but there will be a time of great persecution, of martyrdom, of suffering, of tears, Jesus has a reason in this passage for saying, let me read it to you again. I want to read this for you. They will not hunger again. In other words, they hungered. During that devastating period, we will get hungry. 
They will not thirst again. We will get thirsty during that time. It's going to be a very, very painful and difficult time of suffering for God's people. May the sun never beat down on them again. In other words, we're going to be out in the open. We're going to be burned by the sun. And the lamb in the midst of the throne cares for them and leads them to fountains of water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We're going to weep as we see loved ones and brothers and sisters martyred. We're going to weep as we see the wickedness on the earth. But Jesus is coming. And he's going to deliver us. There is going to be a time when Satan will be stopped in his tracks. There will be a time when he cannot touch us again. Do you see why I say, I don't care if my property is confiscated. I don't care if I have nothing. I have Jesus. If I'm martyred, okay. If I live through this time of of trauma and pain and anguish and tears, thank you, Jesus. I want to be alive when Jesus comes. I want to meet him in the clouds of heaven. We know the dead in Christ will be raised first. We know then we shall arise and meet him in the air. And this will not be secret. The generals, the rulers, the president, all the wicked are going to actually see this and they will run in terror from the face of our Messiah, our Jesus, our groom. Now, if you look at the eighth chapter, there is another seal that is opened. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a half an hour. I don't know why there was silence in heaven, perhaps because all of heaven stood in abject silence as they saw now the wrath of God that was going to be poured out upon the beast power and the wicked of the earth. The redeemed are safe. They're hidden away in Christ Jesus on that sea of glass. That's what we just read. Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. Much incense was given to him that he might add it to the prayers of all the holy ones upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the holy ones went up before God out of the hand of the angel. In other words, we're going to be praying in heaven and our prayers will ascend before the Father on the incense, on the altar of incense in the heavenly sanctuary. And the angel has taken the censer and filled it from the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there was thunderings and sounds and lightning an earthquake, and the seven angels, the ones having the seven trumpets, prepared themselves that they might sound the trumpets 
Christians are gone by the time the trumpets sound. The trumpets are the beginning of the wrath of God against the wicked upon the earth. These trumpets are going to blow, and after the trumpets are blown, we're going to hear the thunders. I don't know what the thunders were. John was told, don't write them down. I want to tell you, we give thanks to you, O Lord, the God Almighty, the one being and the one who was, because you have taken your great power and reigned. And the nations were enraged, and your wrath came, and the time of the dead to be judged and to give the reward to your servants, to the prophets, and to the holy ones, and to the ones revering your name, to the small and to the great, and to destroy the ones morally ruining the earth. Now, you may agree or disagree with what I've said today, but I have only said what is in the Scripture. I've only given you a clear step-by-step process for the very end of the world and the coming of Jesus Christ in the clouds of glory. Now, you can say, I don't believe you, Pastor. I urge you, read Revelation for yourself. Read it and see if I have told you faithfully what is actually there and the order in which it appears. And do you recognize that we are living right now in the third seal? And a great reset, financial reset, is coming and we are going to be changed to a digital currency. The currency of the beast power. And when the fourth seal is opened and the pale horse rides out, we're going to see absolute destruction across the earth. The final preparation. And Christians are going to suffer. Now, if you have imagined that you're going to be whipped out of here before all of this takes place, You're not going to be. You need to prepare now. Half of the church, according to Revelation, half of the church, according to Jesus in Matthew 25, half of the church will not be ready and will be shut out forever from the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Who are these people? These are the people who've not believed the word of God, who have not prepared their hearts, who have been seduced by family or friends, who have never finally said, okay, I'm going to step across the line and I'm going to walk with Jesus Christ. You see, I have people in my life that I dearly love, but they don't believe what I just shared with you. I pray for them. I cry out to God for them, 
but they believe that I'm foolish. They believe that I should be working hard to make more money, that I should be working hard to make a comfortable life for myself. No, I'm not interested in a comfortable life. I'm interested in Jesus. And I will be scorned and am scorned. I mean, this radio broadcast is not exactly what I would call popular. Many of you, your feelings get hurt. You get upset by what I say on this broadcast. All I can say, if that's true of you, you don't belong on this broadcast. You need to go somewhere else. But if you're after truth and you want Jesus and you want eternal life, then you need to carefully follow the scriptures and not be seduced and not be turned aside but follow after Jesus and pay whatever price is necessary in your marriage, in friendships, with your children, with your family. Whatever the price, it's cheap enough to be able to enter into the ark of Jesus Christ. I'm sure there were many people in Noah's day who had considered entering into the ark, but they never got around to it. They never made the decision, today we will enter into the ark with Noah. And we will not listen to the scorning laughter of friends or family or church. We're going to enter in that we might be saved. Well, pastor, it doesn't really matter, does it? Okay. It's your eternal path. The countdown is here. We are at the end. What do you think about six months before the ark had the animals enter in? What do you think they were saying? We're very close, people. Jesus is coming. I'm not setting times. I just know he's right at the door. And we're seeing everything fulfilled step by step by step, according to what Revelation says. So please consider my words and pray. Now, I need to just give you a a heads up. As of this week, Only $870 had been donated to cover this month's radio bill. And then one person sent a check for $1,000 so that now $1,870 has been given. That's just halfway there to cover the bill. I'm very concerned. It's July and July is notoriously bad. And so I've been spending time in the prayer closet crying out to God and asking him to move in your heart to sacrificially step in and cover this month of July. I want to be able to continue at the leading of the Holy Spirit to bring these cutting-edge messages to you about the end of time and about your standing with Jesus. If you agree with me that these need to continue— Would you sacrificially give to keep this broadcast on the air? At the end of every month, I have to send a check to WAVA to cover the cost of the airtime. 
would you consider giving? Now let's pray. Lord, I pray that as your people go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, as they consider giving or as they consider writing, Lord, I ask that you would move in their hearts that we could continue this broadcast. You know, Lord, it is month to month, and I am totally dependent upon you to move in the hearts of people to give. So I come by faith, knowing that you will move in the hearts of men to give. And I praise you, and I honor you, and I thank you. Lord, you are awesome. You are wonderful. You are loving and compassionate, filled with mercy and, and, and filled with love. Lord, thank you for your kindness to me and to each one listening to this broadcast. Lord, thank you. I ask that you would encourage every person listening right now that they would stand by faith and say, I belong to Jesus and I will not turn aside. I will follow you, Jesus. And I will have enough oil. I will study and pray and fast and I will obey Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I want to thank some of you who have this week been sending me birthday cards. Thank you so much. My birthday's this week. I'll be all of 77 years old. Somebody asked me yesterday, how's your health, Pastor? I said, strong. That's to Jesus. He's been very kind to me. So thank you, Richard. I received your card 